What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Presenting Hop Harrigan, America's ace of the airwaves. <laughs> CX-4 calling control tower. CX-4 calling control tower. Standing by. Control tower back to CX-4. Wind to southeast. Ceiling 1200. All clear. Okay, this is Hop Harrigan coming in. Yes, it's America's ace of the airways. Coming in for another transcribed episode in the adventures of Hop Harrigan. You know, gang, this is a good time to look back on the past year and see how America's scheduled airlines made out. 1947 was the second full post-war year, and the 12 months marked considerable progress in nearly all fields of operations. Probably the most outstanding feature of the year was the rapid strides made in the air freight transportation field. Domestic air freight took a jump of over 100%. International air shipping jumped 25%. Air mail volume slid down a bit, but that was expected because of the drop in mail from men in the armed forces away from home. Many navigational aids began coming into their own during 1947 also. Instrument landing systems, called ILS, was placed in operation at many major airports, and there was further progress in the use of ground control approach. The number of aircraft in operation also increased during 1947. A year ago, there were about 800 planes flying their airways. Today, there are over 950. The figures don't tell the whole story because the planes put in operation last year were of the large-capacity four-engine type, so the number of seats available took an even higher jump. The combined lines have nearly 32,000 seats on their planes, a jump of almost 10,000 over last year. We can expect that total to go even higher during 1948, for the airlines now have 300 more planes on order. In a few minutes, I'll have more interesting information on the airline's record during 1947, so don't forget to listen. And now to our story. Hop and Tank are being blackmailed by a false complaint of reckless flying into joining some mysterious organization which promises to protect private pilots and airport owners in the United States. In our last episode, 
Hoff had just said Gale to contacting all private fields within a radius of 500 miles of Lakeville to learn how many of them had been approached by the organization. When a young man, George Dudley, appeared to enroll for flying lessons. Hoff took him up immediately in a low-wing PT-19 trainer for an orientation flight. But Dudley was not the student he professed to be, for at an altitude of 6,000 feet, while Hoff in the forward cockpit allowed him to handle the controls, he reached down out of sight and, with a pair of steel wire cutters, proceeded to cut the tail cables halfway through. Now, five minutes of easy level flying have passed, and Hop calls to Dudley through the Gosport tube. Okay, George, I think we've had enough for the first lesson. I'll take over. Oh, we going in already? <laughs> you sound disappointed. Oh, we haven't been up very long. Ah, half hour. That's enough for a familiarization flight. We'll go in, talk about it. We'll probably have a lot of questions. Then maybe this afternoon we'll try another half hour. Oh. There's no point rushing things. Well, okay, anything you say, Hop. Uh, but... Look, before we go in, would you do me a favor? Well, sure. This has been pretty tame. Will you open her up, try some stunts for me? <laughs> you really want to shoot the works, don't you? Oh, come on, Hop. Okay, hang on. I'll put it through a snap roll. But keep your hands and feet away from the controls. Sure thing. Ready? Yeah. Here it goes. Jamming the stick hard over and opening his throttle wide, Hop roars the small trainer through a snap roll. But in the rear cockpit... George Dudley watches the tail control cables on the floor near his feet. He smiles in secret satisfaction as several strands of the already weakened cables part abruptly. Ah, how'd you like that? That was great. Your stomach feel funny? Oh, a little. Oh, but don't stop. Give me another one. Right. We'll try a full power stop. Easing the stick back, Hop jockeys the plane skillfully into a stall attitude. The nose rises slowly, slowly, and as the forward speed drops, the ship threatens to fall off on one wing. But he plays his rudder pedals like a master musician plays the piano, and the trainer literally stands still in midair. Suddenly, however, the weakened control cables give way, and the ship falls off into a wild careening spin. Hop fights the controls, trying to right his crippled plane, but the stick and rudder pedals wobble loosely in his hands. Realizing the ship is doomed, he calls out frantically. Clark! Clark! Hey, you're really doing it up brown. Clark, the ship's out of control. What? We're out of control. Open your safety belt and bail out. Bail out? You heard me? Go on, hurry. But I, I never used a parachute before. You'll have to now. Get going, will you? Uh, I'm afraid. Hey, listen, don't fold up on me now. Jump or you'll be killed. Can't, can't you straighten the plane out? I said jump. Uh, okay, but how do I do it? Jump straight out. Count three and pull the ripcord. It's on the left side of the harness. Uh, I've got it. Now bail out. Here. Here I go. Still trying to control the trainer, although he realizes it is useless, Hop watches Dudley vault out of the rear cockpit, follows him down anxiously, then breathes a sigh of relief as he sees the silken canopy billow open. With a final look at the altimeter, which now reads less than 2,000 feet, and a quick check below to make sure the plane will crash in open ground, the young pilot closes the ignition switch, unsnaps his safety belt, grips the cockpit combing firmly, and with a powerful thrust of his legs, leaps into space. Meanwhile, on the field apron, there have been two anxious witnesses to the entire incident. Then Tank and Gale race into the hangar, reappearing within seconds in a jeep, race across the field. Hop just bailed out, but his chute isn't open yet. Where is he? There, see to the left of the plane? Ah, there goes the chute. It's open okay. Oh, thank goodness. Suddenly, a land first. We'll head for him. Tank, what do you suppose happened? 
You got me. When I went into the spin, I thought it was just another stunt. No, not me. I didn't like the way the ship fell off out of the store. But why was Hop stunning anyway? It was the boy's first flight. Well, he didn't do it to scare him. That's what you're thinking. Hop ain't that kind of guy. No, of course not. The plane just hit. There, see? Down at the edge of the field. Look, here comes Dudley. Better help him with that chute. He'll land about ten yards away, Tank. Yeah, I see. Relax, Dudley. Hit the ground easy. Just catch me. You kidding? Just relax. Roll with it. Okay, now stay put. I'll knock the air out of the chute. It's dragging me. I can't stand up. Relax, I said. I'll take care of you. There. You'll be all right now. I stand up. I can't. My ankle. Uh-oh. Gail. Yes? Come here, quick. Oh, I, I think it's broken. Oh, take it easy. Don't try to move. What is it, Tank? Something's the matter with his ankle. It's broken, I tell you. Here, let me see it. Just lay back, kid. Miss Nolan's a nurse. She'll fix you. No, no, no. Get away from me. But I'm trying to help you. I don't want your help. Leave me alone. Hey, now, wait a minute. Get into that Jeep and drive me to town. But your ankle... I is... want a doctor to look at it. Now, now, will you get me out of here? Well, we've got to pick up Hop first. I demand you drive me to town right now. He's a madman. He, he tried to kill me. What? This was supposed to be an orientation flight. That's what you told me. Then he, then he starts in stunting. Hey, now, wait a minute. If that's the way you run an airport, I don't want any part of you. And you just wait. I'll spread it all over town. I'll ruin you for this. Oh, you will, will you? Thanks. Don't get excited. You hear what he said? Never mind what he said. Help him into the Jeep and take him back to town. No, we're going to get hot. Hop's all right. He's already spilling the wind out of his chute. I'll go out and meet him. Are you going to take me into town or aren't you? Okay, okay. And Tank. Yeah? Please watch your temper. Uh, Promise me. Okay. Fine. Go on now. We'll see you later. With an encouraging pat on the back, Gail half pushes the reluctant mechanic toward the seemingly crippled boy and watches as he carries him to the jeep and drives off. Turning, Gail walks to meet Hop, who is slowly approaching from the edge of the field. If George Dudley should really spread his story around town, the airport will suffer a black eye. Gang, you won't want to miss the gripping climax of today's episode, so stand by. <laughs> Looking back over the record of the scheduled airlines for 1947, we see that more people traveled by air than ever before, and they traveled all over the world, both on business and pleasure. Six months ago, there was a certain amount of pessimism about winter transatlantic air travel. Well, today, it's nearly vanished, for United States flag airlines are getting more traffic than they can handle. But that doesn't mean that all is well, however. From this end of the Atlantic, there's business aplenty. But it's getting harder and harder for Europeans to obtain the necessary permission and dollars to fly to the States. It's expected that air freight from Europe will pick up now that duties on many products have gone down. Cargo from Germany is increasing steadily these days. And a year ago, that country was flat on its back. But German industry, as I say, is picking up. There's still a heavy amount of air freight going eastward across the Atlantic to supply Army and Air Force personnel still in the occupied areas. As for Russian air travel, there's so much red tape connected with obtaining visas to Russia that both passenger and cargo traffic to that country is very restricted. However, they tell us that Russian air travel offers more thrills than other services. A group of American overseas airlines traffic managers who met recently in New York say the Russians apparently are using planes with bucket seats, and they fly them 300 feet above the ground. And that, anyone will admit, is a little too close for comfort. You know, fellas and girls, the airlines set a tremendous record during last year. And it looks as if this year will be even better. So get set now to enter aviation as a career. And always remember, America needs flyers. And now, back to our story. 
A half hour has passed since the crash of the PT-19 at the edge of the airport after suddenly going out of control, and Hop and Gale are in the airport office. The young pilot is pacing up and down in bewilderment. I don't get it, Gale. I honestly don't get it. There was no reason for that ship to conk out. Have you examined the wreckage? No, I want to wait till the tank is back. And don't let me forget to make out a report to the CAA. No, of course not. Another thing. Why did George Dudley say I stunted against his wishes? He asked me to stunt. What about his ankle? Was it really hurt? I really can't say. He wouldn't let me touch it. Funny. The whole setup is funny. No mean ha-ha either. Well, that, that must be Tank. Good. I hope he kept his temper under control. He was just about ready to start slugging when they left. Pop, you okay? Oh, yes, yes, fine, Tank. That little sniveling punk. Tank, you didn't forget your promise. Oh, but it took an awful lot of willpower. He kept whining all the way in about how you tried to kill him, how he was a reckless flyer, and how he was going to get back at you. Really? Boy, I wanted to boot him out of the Jeep a half a dozen times, bum ankle or no bum ankle. Where did you take him, Tank? To Doc Crowley. He didn't want to go, but I made him. I wasn't taking no chances. He would have built the whole thing up into a busted back before he was through. Nice going. Well, what did Dr. Crowley say? I didn't hang around. I wanted to get back here. I think I'll call him. Huh? Yes, I'd like to find out how badly that ankle was injured. Good idea. Number's 391, isn't it? Yeah. Operator, 391, please. Hey, you don't think he was faking, do you? Hello, Dr. Crowley? Oh, this is Gail Nolan. Just fine, doctor, and you? Good. Uh, tell me, a young man by the name of George Dudley was taken to your office a few minutes ago with an injured ankle. How is... Beg your pardon? Well, he was there. Tank, you did take him to Dr. Crowley's office, didn't you? Yeah, I helped him to the front door myself 15 minutes ago. What is it, Gail? He was there about 15 minutes ago, Doctor. Oh? I see. Well, I'm sorry I disturbed you, Doctor. Goodbye. He wasn't there? No. There hasn't been anyone to see the doctor in the last half hour. Hey, what is it? I'm beginning to smell a rat. Come on, Tank, let's take a look at that plane. Okay, but I don't get it. You will in a few minutes. Uh, Gail. Yes? Call the town hall, check the registry, and find out if anyone by the name of Dudley moved into Lakeville in the past couple of weeks. Right. Come on, Tank, we'll take the Jeep. Oh, no, we won't. Huh? We got company. Company? Yeah. The Rover boys themselves. Pop looks up startled to see the door of a large black sedan open and two familiar figures step out. First, the towering, menacing Luigi, who makes way for the short, dapper Mr. Brown, representative of the mysterious organization. What will happen on this second visit? And what is behind the behavior of the so-called flying student, George Dudley? We'll find out in our next episode, gang, so don't fail to listen. Tune in and fly with Pop. Aragon, America's ace of the airwaves. Hold on, Hop. We'll be seeing you same time, same mutual station. Hop Harrigan is a transcribed copyrighted feature appearing in all American comics magazines. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.